This is The Varsity, a sports podcast from The Record North Shore, your nonprofit local news site. Howdy, folks, and welcome to the latest episode of The Varsity Podcast, a podcast where we discuss everything involving North Shore high school sports. From the Friday Night Drive, I'm Michael Dwojek here with the Record North Shore founding member, Joe Coughlin, and we've got... As usual, a jam-packed episode. We got a lot of stuff to talk about in this week's episode, including a playoff win um, in football and a state championship in swimming and diving. Uh, We're going to do our regular four-quarter format for this week's episode. First quarter, we recap what happened in the past week. In the second quarter, we are joined by New Trier Swimming and Diving head coach for the girls, Matt Guy. In the third quarter, we are playing our weekly game of way or no way, kind of looking ahead into the winter season. And then in the fourth quarter, we preview the semifinals for the football uh, playoffs. Got a good matchup here to talk about, so we'll talk about that in the fourth quarter. Um, but before we do that, just a quick reminder that you can subscribe to the Varsity Podcast anywhere that they're available. Make sure you check us out. If we're now where you listen to podcasts, let us know, and we'll add us there. Um, and if we are there, then write a nice little review. We always appreciate the feedback, and um, that always helps us uh, spread the word about the Varsity Podcast and make sure – Uh, People who are interested in uh, North Shore High School sports are exposed to this great podcast. But um, let's start things off, Joe, by uh, talking about um, a big Loyola win uh, moving on to the semifinals. They took down um, Lions uh, 30-17 to on Saturday at Loyola, Uh, kind of a game that we kind of predicted, um, kind of went the way that we kind of predicted, honestly. Um, maybe a bit closer than we expected it to, but um, pretty much a game where Loyola just uh, controlled it from the beginning, um, took an early lead, took an early 14 to nothing lead, um, really controlling the pace of the game, and then um, just kind of, you know, held on until the end, and uh, Lions wasn't able to kind of capitalize on some of their opportunities and um, score, so uh, the Ramblers picked up a win and are moving on to the semifinals. Yeah, I think we talked about last week how uh, we, we both thought that they would control this game. That was kind of the key word was control. They might not blow out Lions because Lions, you know, as we saw, you know, it's, it's a good team. Um, they're big. Um, they're physical. Um, but And they're a good football team. So, um, but we thought they'd control it, especially on the line of scrimmage, which they did, especially those first two possessions looked real good on both sides of the football for them. Um, and uh, just a good win, you know. They did allow um, some late scoring that I didn't expect, and and I I don't think they're probably happy about. But the game was pretty much put away unless there was a miracle in terms of onside kicks and things like that. Um, but uh, I I think they they're going to want to clean that up in the last couple weeks as much as they can um, now with with surefire stiff competition the rest of the way. Um, but just you know, kind of taking care of business, looking good, pretty methodical. Um, we saw some things in the run game. What is it, what we're going to see going forward? I don't know. Um, but Lions stopped the run pretty well. So a lot of Jake Sterney action four touchdown passes, um, um, pretty good stuff from, from all around, especially at the start of the football game. Yeah, they really, that was kind of the key for them, you know, heading into this game, they knew how dangerous, uh, uh, Lions rushing attack could be. So they wanted to pounce on pretty early and ran out to a 14 to nothing lead, um, with uh, 3.37 left in the opening quarter. 
um, Jake Sturney finding a couple touchdowns and then um, kind of forced the Lions to, uh, you know, throw the ball more, which um, they were able to do kind of well, especially in the second half, but um, kind of showed that the kind of took away the running attack and um, really um, just took away a major facet of their offense. Like you said, uh, Jake Sturney threw four touchdowns, completed 15 of his 22 passes for 100, 171 yards, 38 rushing yards. Luke Foster had 57 rushing yards. Um, and really um, just uh, a strong performance uh, from the offense. Maybe not as much in the second half. I think they kind of struggled in the second half to kind of get things going, but they picked up a couple of good first downs to end the game um, toward the end. But mostly for the offensive side, Joe, um, it seemed like they were able to move things pretty well, um, even if the running attack maybe wasn't as strong as they would have liked. Yeah, Lions did a great job. I think it was pretty clear maybe Loyola knew it. They could stop the run um, with their big front seven. Um, I think they have an all-state lineman in there. And, uh, yeah, they did stop it. You know, not many lanes for, uh, you know, Luke Foster, who I, who we've talked about over and over, is, is like their third, fourth string. Actually, they, they pulled him up, so he wasn't even a varsity guy. Um, getting a lot, of, a lot of carries, but not many lanes to run through. Um, so some tough running, but, but nothing big there. Um, so they put the ball in Jake Sterney's hand. He was, he was very efficient. Um, Declan Ford with some nice catches over the top, um, two for scores, um, and a nice catch and run by um, Quinn Foley for about 30 yards. Um, so just some good, some real nice, um, efficient passing game from Jake Sterney in that offensive line. And, and he had a lot of time as well uh, to kind of pick apart that defense, especially early. I think one of the concerns that we've kind of had throughout this season for a team that's obviously had one loss this entire year has been, what is the defense going to do, especially again, especially the secondary? And I think I kind of still have that question after this game where, um, yeah, you had Loyola's third and fourth string secondary players in there and trying to make plays. Um, and one of those touchdown catches for uh, Lions was a pretty impressive, you know, throw to the corner of the end zone, which kind of was hard to defend in the first place. So that you can kind of look past that. But Coach Hollis, I talked about, about how, um, you know, the pass rush wasn't really able to do much against uh, Lions' uh, offensive line. And you didn't really see much, you know, you created some opportunities and some rushes there. But um, defensively, I'm still kind of curious to see um, what this defense can do, considering I think that some some teams have been able to kind of pick up first downs and pick up touchdowns more than maybe you would like uh, if you're trying to be Loyola and trying to build some defensive momentum, especially heading into the semifinals. Yeah, I think so too. And um, we talked. I, I talked about last week that defensive pass rush. I just wanted to see uh, them get out of the quarterback consistently. You know, le- less time uh, for the opposing quarterback to to get the ball out and see the field. And still, times you know stretches there where they're not really getting a lot of pressure. And we know that they're hurt on that deep. We know they're hurt all over their defense. Um, Joe Kelly's hurt on the D line, as well as I, I forget the, the had another injury um, at to a D tackle position. Um, so I think they're still working and um, you know, I think they're just the guys that are there now um, from Brooks bar to Mickey Kusinoff to um, you know, some of the linebackers are just going to have to step up and, and make plays, um, you know, win their one-on-ones and, and um, do what they need to do to pressure the quarterback and, and make it easier on that secondary because, if they're hurt with two of their starting safeties, Ty Otteson was having a nice year and Gabe Georgie, who's a two-year starter, uh, you know, that's going to be trouble going into these teams who are going to pass a lot. York likes to throw the ball around a little bit. 
Um, so I, I don't I I don't know if Addison and uh, Georgie, the two hurt cornerbacks, are out for the season or kind of just resting for this game, and hopefully they'll be back. Um, I, I'd like to see an update on that because those are two huge guys for them. Uh, even though I thought their secondary played good in spurts, you know, Lions tried some over the top throws. Um, I, I just hope they come back. Um, that'll be big for them, but uh, it is still an area that I think teams are going to try to exploit in these final two games. Yeah. And they're going to definitely face, I mean, that just it makes sense. Obviously at the semifinals in the championship game, you're going to get the best opponents at that part of your season, probably. So um, they're going to get a very complete York team um in the semifinals and we'll talk more about that matchup in the fourth quarter so um let's move on over to the second portion of this opening podcast where we talk about another state title um for the new trier girls swimming and diving team um after winning in 2021 um we knew that this team had a lot of talent and had um a lot of capabilities of placing and doing really well and obviously last week in our way or no way we predicted that they um had a chance to win the state title and um, they're able to do it again this year, mostly with a lot of new faces, um, including two uh, All-State transfers. And, uh, Joe, they were really able to kind of come back in the second day um, and uh, put everything together and show off their depth in order to win the state title. Yeah, yeah, it was quite, you know, you know, we talk about a new Trier swimming program being so dominant, and they are, uh, no doubt about that. This is their 16th state title, you know, second in a row. Um, but, uh, you know, going into day two, you know, it was a – they were, if you were to take their prelim placings and points, they they were not the state champs. They had to improve on day two, at least in their placements, um, their finishes to to be the state champions. And they did that in, in nearly every event. So really big step up there for them. And and like I said, that back, back third of their lineup, which includes two relays, but also, you know, in the breaststroke and the backstroke, the specialty strokes, they really were dominant. They were, they were big day two performances. Tierney Lenahan, you know, tied for a state championship. Um, and then we also had the um, um, the the two, three finish in, in the breaststroke. So awesome stuff from them. Um, um, really stepping up on day two. And then when we talk about last year with just the All-American superstars in Gridley and um, Novaline, um, we thought the points would go down. And they did. But they were really helped on this lineup with, Tierney Lenahan transferred in from out of state and she had four all state swims. She was part of two relays and she also had a, um, a state championship and a second place swim um, for them. She's a sophomore. So expect her um, to contribute for a few more years. And also uh, Maggie Papa Nicholas um, was a transfer from another school. She's a senior. Um, she's going to Northwestern, I believe. And she put up a third place swim in the hundred breaststrokes. So huge, huge point scores for them. Um, Lena Han, like I said, also contributed on the relays, which are the bulk of the points you're, you have the opportunity to get at these state meets, um, big stuff from Charlize Escaza, a senior, um, and our athlete of the week last week, check that out, learn a lot about her. Um, and she, you know, she, we interviewed her after the meet and she talked about how it's just about, uh, folks in that day too. And kind of everybody knew where they stood in the standings, um, and they had to take a step up and just supporting each other in those moments and they were able to do it. So, um, pretty great lineup. Um, they wave goodbye to some seniors, but they do have tons of talent coming back. Um, Olivia Saffer, Saffer Kova. Oh man, I totally probably butchered that. I'm sorry, Olivia. Um, she's another sophomore who, who made it to the finals in two events and she'll beat there. Um, but the seniors, Megan Mead, 
and uh, Iskaza and Papa Nicholas and and the like really had nice day twos as well. And uh, two-time champs um, again for New Tier Swimming. Yeah, just another impressive year. I know we talked about these stats last year when they won, but um, this is their 16th state title in program history, six times since 2010. Uh, Nutria won four straight from 2010 to 2013, and then seven straight from 1981 to 1987. Uh, just a dominant program, which has really been able to capitalize on a lot of great experience and talent. Um, and like Joe mentioned, um, a lot of talent that's going to be coming back next season, which um, do we start talking about a three-peat is there, or is that too early? We'll see how that goes. But uh, congratulations to the Trevians on winning another state title. A big accomplishment for everybody. And let's uh, stick with the good vibes by uh, going to the second quarter where we are joined by Nutrier Girls Swimming and Diving head coach Matt Guy. Joe, I know you got a chance to catch up with the state champion head coach. What are the folks at home going to hear? Yeah, we talked. Uh, I talked to Coach Guy just about um... – how they were feeling after day one, how they stepped up in day two, what was key to that, um, you know, that back half of their lineup, what's, you know, uh, of their strength. Let's talk about that a little bit and just, uh, you know, two in a row, what it means for this program. All right, let's take a listen. Well, back-to-back state champs, congratulations to you. Um, Thank you very much. Can you uh, just tell me, I guess, right off the bat, uh, how does that feel? How does that title feel? And um, how'd you guys pull it off on Saturday? Um. It was pretty amazing. I think uh, think there's a group with really high aspirations, despite the fact that it's a pretty young group overall. And um, I think going into Saturday after prelims Friday, we just felt like we could do better. And uh, I think to come out and win the medley relay right from the start, was really amazing and then the momentum just kind of built from there on out and uh with some really exceptional performances by our seniors i think charlie escaza the medley relay the hunter breast uh and the short relay maggie papa necklace and the hunter breast megan made in the 400 free relay um they just had a a really calm and confident demeanor the entire time and uh i think it helped us stay confident helped us stay positive uh so we could close the deal at the end yeah and that's what you know just following the scoring um knowing your lineup which has been this way the past couple years you know you, you got a lot of punch there at the end in the last few events so I guess, you know, when you go down by a lot of points, what's the, you know, demeanor on deck? How do you keep everybody going knowing that at the end you got some you got some points coming? Yeah, I think, um, you know, for us it's just about taking advantage. It's really about controlling what we can control and taking advantage of the opportunities we have. And I think, uh, you know, the medley relay was a great example of that where we just, as, a, as, a, as individuals, I think everybody reflected on what they could do differently to be a little better. Um, Tierney, for Tierney leading off the relay was, she just needed to tweak a couple things on her start. We needed our relay exchanges to be a little cleaner overall. And... And just by doing those things, I mean, the margin of victory there was, I think, about two-tenths. And so, uh, you know, that's all, all we needed. 
it was close and the girls were just um, really resilient and uh, sort of just never let up, stayed relaxed, we had a fun time and uh, focused on what we could do. And just so I have um, some of this right, I know, um, was Tierney new this year? She was. Yeah, she's a sophomore um, who transferred here from uh, Seattle. And what about um, Maggie, too? Yep. Also uh, moved here from, I think she was in Hersey, at Hersey High School before. Is that it? Anybody else? Um that was kind of new to the team this year or new to the state lineup? Well, yeah. I mean, the only, I think, um, Olivia Safarakova had qualified last year but didn't final in a single event. And she was, she finaled in four events this year. Um, Megan sophomore? Mead, she's a sophomore. Right. Megan Mead, or Megan Marquardt's a junior. And she, um, didn't even make our state lineup this year. She was a state champion on the medley relay and top six in the uh, short relay. Marin Shimkis is another one who qualified in the 50 and was part of that short relay who wasn't even in our lineup last year. Elise Newlands didn't qualify last year and she finaled 12th in the IM this year. Um, so we, I mean, we had a, you know, it was, it was a, a group of where this was all really a new experience for them. Um, Zara Bolton wasn't even on the, in the varsity group last year as a freshman. And this year she was, she qualified and reply and was on the state champion medley relay. With, with all those new faces, both um, the younger girls coming up to varsity as well as the, the transfers, kind of what's key in putting that all together? So this was this was like the million dollar question going into this season. I think um, particularly not just that we had so many new people, but it was last year we graduated thirty six seniors from our team across our varsity JV and diving group, and we had I think eight or nine girls in the nine seniors who graduated. Uh, I think six of whom went on to compete in major collegiate programs. And so we kind of wondered what, how the team was going to respond, who was going to step up. Um, and it was, it was such a different feel from last year. But I think our seniors in particular did a great job of just making it fun. And it never really felt like like we had to do anything or we had to like really strive to be better than what we are, that we just needed to work our hardest, kind of be at our best and go through the same preparation routine that we did for every meet throughout the year and, uh, and more than anything, support each other in doing it. And I think they did a really nice job of that uh, so that everybody that was new felt welcome and supported. And everybody who had been there before, um, I think, took the the role they had in carrying on our team legacy seriously. Thanks so much for joining us, Coach. And thank you, as always, to all the players and coaches who join us each and every week. Always appreciate everybody's insight. 
All right, let's move on over now to the third quarter where we play our weekly game of way or no way. I throw out five propositions, and Joe and I argue or agree upon whether they can happen, way or no way it cannot happen. Um, we are in the winter season, as you guys are aware. It is snowing outside. Things are pretty depressing right now, so uh, naturally winter sports season is here as a result. Um, I know we still got some football to talk about, but um, we've already got the girls' basketball season already started. Bowling has already started, and we got boys' uh, basketball and wrestling uh, starting next week. So uh, we're going to look at head at the winter season. So, Joe, uh, we're going to start things off with Loyola girls basketball. Way or no way that uh, the Ramblers can do better than their uh, postseason finish last year? Well, I mean, to do better, they'd have to make it down state. Um, so can they? It's hard to count the Ramblers out every year. You know, um, they're never uh, – fortunate enough to have like the a lot of height on that team and that'll be the same this year um they're not going to be the biggest team in the world so it's going to be a little you know four out five out basketball a lot of shooting a lot of defense a lot of defense with a Jeremy Schoenecker coach team um so we're going to see a lot of that but I think they have the pieces to to make a run like that I just it's going to be key on development and how they gel together um during the season so can they I'll say yeah, they got the potential. I don't think it's likely, but um they got the potential. Yeah, I don't I feel like every year we do this. I feel like um you you're kind of tempted to be like, well, they can't keep this right. Like they're not returning all the players they brought back last year. Like you are questioning all that, but then every single year, like a down year for this program seems to be like losing in the sectional title game. That seems to be like a down year for this program. Like they're always able to compete well and obviously win regionals and compete for a GCAC. Um, conference titles. So um, a lot of fun things and um, interesting things to look at with this Loyola team. So I'm, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to say no way. I'm going to say way. Um, we still need to learn a lot about this team in the next couple of weeks, especially this Thanksgiving tournament to see um, what kind of team this is. But I mean, I'm not going to be the one doubting the Ramblers considering their track history and what they've been able to accomplish uh, throughout the past year. So um, I'm going to go with the way. I think that they have the potential to do it. Um, whether they will uh, will be determined, obviously, in the next couple months here as we figure out uh, just, you know, how good this team can be. Uh, New Trier uh, girls basketball kind of had a down season last year, not to the level that they're usually competing at. So way or no way, Joe, that this New Trier girls basketball team can redeem themselves after last year. Yeah, I think so. I think last year was was tough um, for them. Um, and I think that uh, with the pedigree they have, with the, with the strong coaching, experienced coaching, Terry Rogers and their staff, um, I think they'll take a step up, you know, this coming year, um, get back in the game. They have some talent. You know, they lose last year kind of their um, their big gun there was, was um, <clears throat> Abby Ryan in the post. Um, I think they're going to play more, a little more on the perimeter this year. Uh, they got Rachel Zacks coming back. They got Kate Sicaro. Um, those are those are pretty good players, and they're a year a year of development with their club teams as well is going to be big for them. And they're going to fill in other spots as well. They had a lot of um, talent playing. Um, Cela Klein is another one um, that comes to mind. Um, so they've got talent that's going to fill that lineup. They learn how to work together and they find who's going to be that 12 point score, that 15 point score when they need it, which I think they will find one of those. Um, I think they're all capable. I think this team's going to be much better last year it was a below 500 team last year. Uh, I think it's 
it's going to be above 500 this year. Yeah, I think I'll uh, definitely agree with you there. I think that this team, um, yeah, last year was a down year and obviously battling some injuries and some other things. So um, I think that this team definitely has the potential to do better than it did last year. So I'm going to go with Way. Um, yeah, I think they redeemed themselves after last year. All right, obviously the last uh, last winter's big story in the area was the new cheer boys basketball team and how far they were able to play, play um, Joe, but they're going to lose a lot of talent from last season's team. So way or no way uh, that this Trebians team can stay at the same level that it's been competing in the last couple of years? Way. Um, if we're not – I say way because you, you kind of said in the past couple of years, same about level. I think they're right there. Um, I don't think they take as big of a step back as people think. Now, that says nothing about um, kind of the talent that leaves walked out of the door. Jackson Monroe, who's playing at Dartmouth, is an All-State talent. Noah Shannon's playing at the collegiate level. Uh, Carlo Kolak is as well. And I think uh, so is Josh Kirkpatrick. So a lot of players are playing at that next level, and they lost their point guard. But they fill in those spots with guys that have similar MOs, and they return an All-State caliber guy and the best shooter uh, I've seen in a long, long time in uh, – in, um, and Jake Fegan. So he's going to be the leader. He does a ton on both ends of the floor for them, but they're going to fill him up, uh, fill around him with guys that you may have not heard of, but really because this program's so strong, um, you're going to be hearing the name Colby Smith a lot um, as kind of an off guard for them. He's going to fill in, I think in the starting rotation um, names like Ian Brown, um, Logan Feller. Um, these are guys who are going to fill in and be key pieces for this team. Um, around Jake Fegan, Evan Canellos, who's the brother of Peter Canellos, plays a lot like him at that point guard spot, um, <clears throat> is going to be big. And they got a seven-footer. He might be 6'11", but let's give him seven foot with Tyler Van Gorp. So he's his development, uh, I heard, has been really great. So I think we're going to have a pretty good team here. Um, and I think they're one of the favorites in the CSL, if not the favorite. It's going to be you know, them, Evans, and GBS are going to battle it out again, and I really like their chances. Yeah, I'm kind of interested to see how this one plays out. I think that they lose a lot and lose a big threat, obviously, um, with Jackson Monroe and some of the players that they've got uh, who departed and graduated. But um, they do bring a lot of talent back. So um, I do think that the way with the question, the way that I phrase the question, um, I think I'll go with Way just because I do think that they'll compete, be competing with uh, GBS and Evanston for a division title. I don't know if they'll necessarily win it, um, just based on what I know the GBS has and other programs have as well. But I, I think that this team will win a regional, will be competing for a sectional title. So I'll go with Way. I think that they're bringing back uh, some good talent from last year's team, obviously, feeling like you talked about. So um, yeah, I'll go with Way um, on that front. All right, Loyola boys basketball had somewhat of a down season. I wouldn't say ter terribly down, but obviously just some growing pains last year. Way or no way, Joe, that you're higher on this uh, Loyola team than you were th than last year's team? Yeah, I think so, because um, at key positions, um, uh, they're a year more, you know, they got more experience. And, you know, the point guard, Alex Engro's back. He was one of their leading scorers as well. Uh, Miles Boland's back, uh, kind of a, a sharpshooter slash uh, defensive guy, uh, three and D, if you will, but he fills it up um, and he's back. Um, I'm not sure if he was lead, the leading scorer, but he was up there. Um, kind of Casper might've been the leading scorer who, and, and he's on the co play college ball, but the rest of that lineup is, is pretty much back. Um, and uh, they, they're going to bring some guys up that have been 
really good in that program, and you know that defense is going to be ready to play ball. Um, it's going to be good stuff. I'm looking forward to it, um, this team, and I am high on them. I think they're going to be pretty good. Um, last year's team was was good. It was very solid. Um, we talked about how the uh, Catholic League basketball is way up in the past few years, um, so it's going to be um, a slog through there. Um, but Loyola always holds their own. Um, and I think that this year they'll be a little more formidable on the offensive end of the floor. Yeah, I think they'll be higher as well. And I also think that that CCL competition really helps them when it comes time for the postseason where, um, yeah, maybe um, they take their lumps against some of the, you know, like St. Rita and um, those teams um, where they're going to be competing against this year. But I do think that that really prepares them for, um, what they're going to face in the playoffs, especially in the area. So I'll go with the way I think they bring a lot of, I think they have some talent there at key positions, like you mentioned. And um, I think that they'll be um, able to uh, compete for uh, a little bit more than they were last year, especially in some of these uh, tournaments uh, during the season. All right. Final way or no way question, Joe revolves around Loyola wrestling. Loyola wrestling had a really good season last season. Um, with some state qualifiers and uh, getting some hardware as well. Um, way or no way, Joe, that you think that um, a Loyola wrestler will win an individual state title this year? Ooh. <clears throat> Can Massey do it? Um, I'm trying to remember his opponent last year. I thought he was also an underclassman. I can't remember for sure. So, But wrestling's very good in Illinois. Um, you know, if he makes it, he's going to be facing another um, stud in Massey. Like I, if I should have pressed with that, Massey Adiati was um, a state finalist last year, wrestled in the championship bout. So he was a runner up. Um, he's had a good summer. He's been on all these lists of uh, and rankings. Um, but he's the guy. I think they will have other state qualifiers. The Herberts come to mind. Uh, there's two brothers still there um, who are going to be. Uh, really solid for them and um, they fill in at other spots because success breeds success, especially in wrestling in a growing program. You see that at this level, you can be successful and do some special things. Uh, Loyal is going to be a good team this year. And uh, I think they're going to have some guys maybe come out that wouldn't have prior and some surprises. We're going to have some names as far as a state champ. It's so hard uh, to do in wrestling, uh, but I will be op optimistic. And I said, I will say what. Yeah, I'll go with the way. I think obviously you you face a lot, obviously, when you're going to the state tournament and it's a big tournament and it's hard to, you know, compete and keep that momentum going. And obviously it depends on how you're feeling that day and all that kind of stuff. I think that, uh, like you mentioned with Audi Audi, I think that there's a good uh, ability to do that. And I will go with the way. Um, I think that they definitely uh, have a chance of getting a state title. And I think they have some really strong wrestlers who are going to be um, competing for state um, this season. All right, that's all we've got for Way or No Way this week. So let's move on over to the fourth quarter where we preview Class 8A semifinal action between Loyola and York. The Ramblers travel to Elmhurst on Saturday, game time 1 o'clock between the Ramblers and the Dukes. Um, before we get things started, Joe, the IH, IHSFCA, I think I said that right, unless I messed it around, IFHSCA. Um, announced that all state teams uh, on Tuesday were recording this on Wednesday. Jake Sterney earning all state honors for what he was able to do. Obviously, a big honor there. Um, it could could have made a strong case for Brooks Barr, but there are also some. I mean, there were no Mon Carmel players nominated, which is kind of crazy to me. I feel like this happens every single year. But um, congrats to Jake on earning that honor um, from the Ramblers. But 
Um, all right, we've got a matchup here against York and York entering this matchup 12-0. and um, And Joe, outside of maybe Mount Carmel, um, I feel like this is the most complete team that the Ramblers will face. They're going to obviously travel to the road, but then they're also taking on a, a really dynamic offense and a really dynamic defense. I mean, York senior quarterback, um, Matt Veza has done a lot of great things for the Dukes um, so far this season. Um, they had a big 24 to 10 comeback win over Palatine in their quarterfinal matchup last weekend. But um, other than Mount Carmel, um, I think the Dukes are as complete of a team as you could probably see. Um, they were undefeated on the season. They beat Lions 27 to 14. They beat Glenbard West 17 to 13 during the regular season. Um, they beat Maris 27 to 21 in double overtime in their second round matchup. So um, York is battle tested and York has played some of the best teams in the state and they're still undefeated. So um, definitely a complete challenge for the Ramblers. And I think the Ramblers know that. Yeah, I think they do too. First, I'm going to second that no Mount Carmel uh, talent is on the 7A All-State first team. Like, how does that – they've dominated the whole state all year, and you're telling me they don't have an All-Stater? That doesn't make any sense. They've probably got five of them who – and to me, an All-State means, yes, you have good stats, and, and that's one thing. But also, you look at them, you watch them play, and you say, that guy is going to start on every other team in Illinois and also be a star. Can you say that? And, of course, you could say that about numerous Mount Carmel guys, numerous Loyola, numerous Lincoln Way East, and you kind of fill them in. So I don't know exactly the process, but they do it where they need nominations. Maybe the Mount Carmel coach, no offense, Coach Lynch, if he was like three hours short or missed the deadline. I don't know. I don't know how they do it, but it's ridiculous. If you're going to do an all-state team, make it a real all-state team. It okay. also kind of takes away from your list if you don't have the best team in the state. Any players from the best team in the state on your list, like you don't have – like Blaney Dowling is an all-state quarterback, like what he's been able to accomplish this season. 100%. Like, you get like great defensive players on that team, and you're telling me that and not a single caravan player is going to be on the all-state team. It's like why put together the list? I'm like why are we – like not to take away from the kids who have been named to the all-state like teams, but like – it kind of takes away credibility from the team if you're not going to put the best players actually on the list. So. It 100% does. It does. It, it's not an all-state team, though. It's really, it's really not. You should name it a, I don't know, one player from each team participation right. award. I don't understand. Ah, anyway, uh, but, but you know, I mean, um, how how is Dupree not because he's injured? Why why wouldn't he be a first teamer? He's unbelievable. Ah. Okay, back to York. Uh, Nothing against the players that were selected either. Those guys are all deserving as well. Um, um, Okay, so York. Yeah, you know, I find some of these games, you know, where we're doing these. uh, This is one of the most difficult scenarios for me personally to predict, to to actually see. There's very few like opponents here, um, but we do have Marist. Um, but a lot of their big wins are within their conference, right? We got Downers Grove North, Lions, and Glenbar West. They won all those games. Some were, you know, most of them were tight. We don't, it's so concentrated in one area that it's hard for us to kind of, since we don't see that area a lot, know the difference between, okay, is that area just, is it really good? Is it average? Is it kind of on the downside? We think it's really good, but maybe it's not. And, and it'll unfold 
we'll find out a lot about it this week. So, but we do know Marist is good, and they they tackled Marist in a very tough back and forth game. Um, so we do have some of those um, like opponents we can look at. This is going to be a really good game. We know that York likes, you know, while it's, while it's balanced, they like to throw the ball, and that is something that uh, something that uh, Loyola has shown some vulnerabilities here and there. Um, so, and their defense is good. They don't allow many points at all. You know, seventeen to Marist. Um, I'm sorry, twenty-one to Marist. Um, thirteen to Glenbard West, who's still going on the opposite of the bracket. So, uh, we're going to see a rough and tumble football game. We're going to see some good stuff. Um, it's only uh, three miles from my house, which is lovely. Um, <laughs> I mean, and, it, and maybe that offsets the cold a little bit, but I'm excited for some really good football and I'm, I'm having a very hard time predicting what's going to happen in this one. Um, but I think you're going to see, um, a lot of Jake Sterney making plays or the ball putting in his hands to make decisions on the offensive end. And that's why you have a, a, a two-year starting quarterback and an in, in all-stater right there, um, he's going to have to make plays. I think my biggest question into the game kind of goes back to um, what we talked about in the first quarter and this defense, where I feel like traditionally we've talked about this Loyola team, this program, and it's always been the defense bails out the offense or the defense really comes up big to create big plays, like whether that be a main South playoff game a couple years ago, or I feel like there's just been continuous talking about this defense. And I'm really, I don't know if concerned is the right word to put here, but I think that this defense isn't at the level that we kind of expected it to be. Obviously, there were a lot of new returners, but they still have a lot of talent on this team. And by now, you should have the experience from what you've been able to accomplish this season. But um, Vesla ran for 153 yards on the ground last week um, in uh, York's win um, to uh, help them uh, win their first, uh, you know, semifinal appearance since 2006. Um what have we thought about this team's rushing defense? I, I, you mentioned Dupree. I feel like they managed to kind of keep him down a little bit um, when they played him against week nine, but then Dupree um, was also able to kind of get off on big yards and was able to go on a big 20 plus yard runs a couple of times. So how do we feel like about this run defense where um, can the Ramblers take away this rushing attack for the York um, and kind of limit them and make them kind of throw the ball where obviously they're also able to throw the ball as well. So how much of a, you know, how much can this Loyola defense kind of take away the running attack kind of the way that they did it with Lions last week? I think that's key to this one. I think that a Loyola victory or a good chance at a victory here, or, you know, a better chance would be to stop the run and then make it a play or two in the secondary. And I'm talking about turnovers. Um, you know, force it in the air and and jump a couple of passes, at least one. And, and I think they can do that. They've done that before. I think they can stop the run. I think they have the men up front to do it. Uh, a lot of stopping the run is, you know, if you have the talent there, it's being disciplined um, and it's being uh, aggressive. Um, now, the aggressive can sometimes, aggressiveness can sometimes hurt you if a team's balanced um, like York is. But um, if York really wants to run the ball, and they'll, they'll learn a lot with the tape. If they really want to run the ball, uh, you got to stop the run and you got to be aggressive in doing it and force them out of their game plan. And I think Loyola has proven they can do that in, you know, under this coaching staff. Um, so I think to do that, they just have to be ready for it. And I think key to that um, are guys like Brooks and Mickey Kosanoff and Johnny McGuire coming up from a safety spot and making sure we don't get to that second or third level, um, especially the third level with their running attack. Um, and I think they can. Those are those are superstars at their positions. So um, 
yeah i i i i also am just i keep wondering how how bad are these injuries we know um joe kelly could be back um we but we i don't know about those cornerbacks because i think they're going to be key in this one um if we have those guys back i feel a lot better about um really stuffing the run and thus covering on the outside yeah, and I think one of the major things in this game is going to be what the Ramblers were able to do against Lions, and that's throw the ball early and kind of score. Um, so you kind of force them to take away the passing attack where you can't really run the ball if you're down 14 points or whatever, or if you're even down, you know, 10 nothing. And I think um, that that kind of goes back into the hands of Jake Sterney and how comfortable Loyola is with Sterney and how he's really been able to capitalize um, on big plays for much of this big season. Like, I don't really um obviously he's missed a couple throws this year um and we still don't really know who the miscommunication was on that last play against Mount Carmel whether that was like uh you know miscommunication with the wide receiver whether that was on him and that kind of stuff and um but that's like the only play that I can really think about from Sterney which um obviously came at a big game um and game big moment in the game but Sterney has been able to be there for you know the Ramblers the entire season and really uh, stood up for them whenever they needed to. And I think that's what they're going to need again. I think this offense is going to need to take control of this game um, right from the start. They're going to be playing in 25-degree weather. It's going to be high at 26 on Saturday. So if you are going to the game, layer up a lot, bring all the hand warmers and tour warmers you need. Um, but um, the weather can play a major factor too. I mean, if your hands are frigid cold, are you going to be able to catch a ball and all that kind of stuff? So um, are you going to be able to get a good grip on the ball if you're throwing it? So um, all of that plays a factor here. And I think um, if Loyola offensively is able to really get things started quickly and take away that rushing attack for York, that really puts a major dent and really helps out the defense as well if they're trying to make, you know, York pass the ball more than maybe run the ball. Yeah. You know, that game plan that they had against Lions sounds good against York too. Let's see if we can do that. But York's going to watch that tape, you know, so right. – I know Halasek won't and his staff uh, won't want to repeat the exact same formula. I think we can expect a little something different. Um, maybe not passes over the top to Ford. Maybe they look more on the inside to either their tight ends or, or a Quinn Foley um, type crossing, uh, you know, in the middle of the field. But um, Declan Ford and Spencer Ledbetter, it's hard to find two guys that have as sure of hands as those two guys. I mean, I, you know, through the years, it's really a nice luxury. And, of course, Sterney puts them in good positions. But these guys make catches. They make catches in big moments. Um, they don't drop a ton of passes. Uh, they they get some yards after the catch um, as well, especially Ledbetter. He's hard to bring down. He's a big target. Um, so I really think, you know, against any defense, those guys are viable options. And uh, I think we're going to look – see some big plays for some of those guys um, again today. And I – or again – we didn't talk about the the running game much because I think we both kind of know it's it's it isn't where they want it to be this late in the season because of injuries, and York's not the team where you're going to get a 300 yard rushing game. I just don't think that's that's going to be possible. So, but can we get something? Um, I mean, maybe maybe they drop something, um, have, have some special uh, attack that gets Luke Foster going or Ryan Craddock going or some of these guys that are filling in. Um, big shoes um, and maybe they do because we know that offensive line is special so let's see if we can get something going to at least bleed the clock a little bit and uh, and keep the offense on the field and the York's defense off York's offense off the field 
right? And obviously this is a semifinal game. If you're going to try to make the state title game and win the state title game, you need your playmakers to make plays. So I'm really look like, like you mentioned, your wide receivers, I'm looking forward to Sterney. And I, I know Brooks Barr is probably going to get triple teamed, if not, you know, get at least double teamed and then have the tight end ready for him to protect the quarterback. But um, I want to see a big game out of him. I think we've seen a lot of big games from him this season. Um, but I think this is a game that he can really make himself known, whether that's, you know, stopping the running attack or really, you know, pressuring Veza a lot, where in tough circumstances, he's already going to make, you know, you're being rushed by a big guy. You don't want to fall onto like a very hard ground already. That's like 20 degrees um, and frozen. So um, I think I, that's a big game you kind of want to see from him as well. Just constantly putting pressure on the rushing attack and on the quarterback and really making a difference. And I think if Sterney and Brooks, if you win this game, if you like are going to win this game, you need those two guys to really make an impression on this game. And um, I think that's how they're going to you know, need to do it. You need Brooks Barr creating pressure on a quarterback and stopping the run. And you need Sterney making big plays, whether that's in the air or with his legs. As we've seen them, Loyola has been really aggressive um, running Sterney in the playoffs, especially. Yeah. And Brooks, Brooks can do that. Brooks has been, has shown he's, he's a guy who can stop the run. He's got a huge reach so he can work off blocks, discard blocks and, uh, and take down a, a rusher. Um, it'll be interesting to see how, how deep he can push and get a penetration. Uh, there was that play, you know, and you're right about that kind of um, intimidation factor. There was a play last week against lions where he broke free and was charging at, I believe it was the quarterback, if I'm not wrong, was it a, a receiver that was kind of coming over? Either way, he was charging at him, and that receiver, that the quarterback, you know, got got out of that situation fast because right. you don't want to be fall, you know, taken down by 300 pounds um, on that cold ground any day. That's not ideal. Yeah, um, I'm not trying so, to be tackled by a 300 pounder in a regular hot no, day. You know, no, if you can, if you can avoid it, you do. Um, so that that's another just kind of small piece to Brooks Barr's game he's able to to make you do make you adjust your game to to his just imposition that he brings to it all right we'll get a prediction you out of you Joe in a few minutes but uh any other playoff thoughts that kind of uh you want to spring on I know obviously we've got a big matchup in the other half of the 8A bracket um with Glenbard West uh playing against Lincoln Way East um a really fun matchup there as well um I kind of feel like all four teams hey um in the 8a bracket you kind of you got the four best teams i feel like you got the four best teams semifinals or or quarterfinals are kind of math this weekend i think main south and um glenbard west is probably the best game of the weekend for all classes but um 8a is looking really fun with lincoln way east playing glenbard west and loyola playing york yeah it's good um this is good football very excited for it um gonna definitely be keeping a close eye on East and, and Glenbard West. I think you just have, I, I do think you have, you know, if not the best four really close to it. I mean, these guys were all ranked most of the year. They've proven it against big time opponents. Uh, there's no kind of paper champs here in this group. Um, they're really special units. So it should be really good football on uh, in both these games. Um, and if it's not, then, I mean, I think we're going to be super impressed by the winning team, whoever that is. Um, like I said, I mean, maybe, teams out west are a lot better and york and glenbard west roll in these games i don't see that happening but i think that's that's one scenario that we've seen before is just because you know they they play opponents in their area now as they branch out we see them kind of dominate um 
I don't think that'll happen, but it, it is something to keep an eye on. And uh, I just think uh, we have four great teams here. Seven A, um, Carmel and Rita, really good, but I, I don't see Carmel anybody stopping Carmel. But Batavia and Lake Zurich is really interesting to me. Batavia, who had a couple of losses in conference, tough conference, is just kind of uh, working their way through their their matchups. I mean, they took out the two seed in Hersey. Um, Lake Zurich to you know has been on kind of a different path. Um, with a lot of teams from um, down south in mid-state, but they also took out Wheaton North, um, who was who's had a really nice season. So that's just an interesting game to me. I have no idea um, who's going to come out on top of that one, um, but it'll be a good game as well. So just another couple things to keep an eye on on a lower bracket. Yeah, good weekend also for the CCLE. SEC staying perfect in the games that they could be. Um, their only two losses came because – the CCL ESCC teams were playing against each other. Um, like you mentioned, that brother, uh, that uh, Mount Carmel St. Rita game should be a lot of fun. Um, you got St. Ignatius uh, playing Prairie Ridge, two triple option teams in 6A um, should be a lot of fun. Um, there you got Nazareth going to Sycamore um, playing in that semifinal and Providence. Providence has been such a fun story this year, um, just with their new coach, Tyler Plants and um Taking, you know, they took their lumps a little bit earlier in the season. It wasn't even really lumps. They just lost really close games against really good teams. Losing to JCE, they lost to Wheaton North by 28. But um, they hung tough with St. Rena and Loyola. And you kind of saw that in the playoffs where uh, they took down Julia Catholic 24-14 to in the second round. They handled Richmond Burden pretty easily. Richmond Burden team number one seed that's perennially contending for a state title. Um, each and every year so uh, this run that Providence is on is a lot of fun to watch and a uh, really good story here in CCL ESCC yeah I gotta say it's not surprising to me like in the slightest you know once we knew Providence was on the up after that that crazy battle early in the season with JCA I think they lost by one or two um, well okay Providence is back you know this is kind of a perennial at least in the 90s and, and 2000s um, really good championship quality team and they kind of slowly worked down the classes and now they're in are they in four or five they're in four eh? i mean that's ridiculous i mean this is this is a team that plays loyola the biggest team in the state and and mount carmel and and whatever i mean they, they play some of the biggest teams in the state and they're playing in four a in the playoffs that shouldn't happen i mean they they should be up in classes but uh that's where they are and they're they're doing work in the postseason like they should and it's just not all that surprising seeing what they did in the regular season. It's a very good, very good team overall out of all the classes in the state. All right, Joe Loyola travels to Elmers to play York on Saturday, 1 o'clock. Game temperature probably 25 degrees. Um, what is your prediction? Are the Ramblers going down to Champaign for, and trying to uh, win a state title? I say yes, they do. Um, I like Loyola in this game, but I like it to be – I'm imagining it to be really close, and I'm imagining it to be – semi-high scoring like for these two teams i'm not saying a 60 point battle but semi-high scoring i think each team is is very good and although their defenses are good uh their offenses can work they got all state talent on both sides uh on, on york and loyola have all state offensive talent um so i think they're going to uh they're going to put up some points but i i like jake sterney to put up a you know kind of trademark i should say or maybe a, a marquee game in his career in this one um and uh be efficient as he is make the smart plays um and uh will this team to to victory so um 
and and the defense to make a play or two, a play or two that gives them back the momentum because I do think it'll go back and forth a little bit. But they make a play or two that switches it back and kind of keeps never gets York extremely uh, rolling downhill. That, that you know a couple stops or a couple turnovers that make this thing happen. I think they will. So I'm I'm thinking we're 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 going to have a really good one. Um, I'm going to say 30 to 27 Loyola. I think the offense for Loyola puts up a lot. I think the defense manages the York offense for as much as it can. Um, I think it comes down to a Mikey Baker uh, field goal. I'll go for around 36 yards, um, roughly within the last minute. And I think I'm going to go um, with a 21 to uh, 20, and that's not going to work, 24 to 21 win for the Ramblers. I think they win it with the Baker field goal. Um, I think that they're, uh, I think the offense kind of gets off to a hot start. Um, and then I think York kind of comes back in there and then Loyola has to make a field goal to win the game. But I think it's going to be a tight one, but I do think that Loyola ends up going down to Champaign, likely playing Lincoln way East and what should be another fun um, matchup before the, between those two teams, those historic programs battling for a state title in Champaign. Going to be good. Excited. I'm very excited. I'll be out there. Uh, will you be out there Saturday? I will be in uh St. Rita and Mount Carmel. Uh, so uh, for another fun uh, battle there. But yeah. um, thanks so much, everyone, for listening to this week's episode of the podcast. Just a quick reminder that you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere they're available. Make sure you give us a nice little review as well. We always appreciate it. And uh, make sure you uh, check out all our stuff at Friday Night Drive. We've got all your playoff content that you need for the whole state. We've got your uh, CCLES, CC Notebook coming out today on Wednesday. And we'll have full coverage of the whole playoff picture as we head down to Champaign next weekend. Joe will have your coverage for Loyola and everything else happening here in the North Shore scene as we've got Thanksgiving tournaments starting up in the next couple of weeks. So uh, the grind never ends, as we say. So we've got a lot of stuff to cover there. Make sure to subscribe to the record Northshore.org. So for Joe and I, thanks so much for joining us this week. And we will talk to you guys down the road. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Varsity, a product of the record northshore.org, your nonprofit local newsroom.